Hello, my name is Ben Burrell and welcome back to Bob Dylan Album by Album, a podcast that takes an in-depth look at each Bob Dylan studio recording record by record. Thank you if you have left a review of the podcast this season. They really do help us out. Give us a review when you get five minutes. Give us a good rating. Um, if you can slip a Dylan lyric or even a obscure Dylan reference into your review, then bonus points to you. Give it a go. I'll be checking back next week. Uh, don't forget you can support the podcast on the Buy Me A Coffee website. We've had loads of donations over the last couple of weeks or so, so thank you for them. Hi to Chris, who double donated, Scott and Alex, and I'm probably saying this wrong. This is going to be butchered. I'm so sorry. Canut, Canute. Maybe it's Canute. Not entirely sure. I can only apologise if I'm mispronouncing that. I probably am. Hi to Patrick and Leo and Mario and also Reckoner73 and Rick as well. And Michelle too. Uh, nice one for getting involved. You can support the podcast. The link to my Buy Me A Coffee page is in the description for this episode, as is my PayPal Me link as well, if you prefer that. So on with our second look at the classic 1965 album. This is Highway 61 Revisited. When your mother sends back all your invitations. As I mentioned in the last episode, this record definitely has a theme of challenging high society. That crops up on a number of songs, but there's also more than a few passing references to death. That amphetamine use I mentioned before was clearly fueling that, but also Dylan's celebrity was too. I need a dump truck baby to unload my head, he tells us at one point. Whilst later he sings, up on housing project hill, it's either fortune or fame. You must pick one or the other, though neither of them are to be what they claim. Clearly this was an intense time for Bob. Not to be too morbid, but Dylan's type of fame at this point has pushed many other stars to the brink. Cobain, Hendrix, Joplin, Winehouse, Morrison, the list is endless. It's not a surprise that there was a mania at the heart of his writing at this time. There's a graveyard woman he sings about on from a Buick 6. Not to mention that well-repeated line of, well, if I go down dying, you know she's bound to put a blanket on my bed. On It Takes a Lot to Laugh, It Takes a Train to Cry, he sings, Well, if I go down dying on top of the hill, and if I don't make it, you know my baby will. Even the song's working title of Phantom Engineer alludes to death. And on the album's second track, It Is Everywhere. I'm in the kitchen with the tombstone blues, he sings repeatedly. Mama's in a factory, she ain't got no shoes. Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food. This tune is a riotous six minutes of chaos as the album's pace quickens even from Like a Rolling Stone's considerable speed. The drums alone are exhausting. They have a pounding beat we've not really heard from Dylan before. Sure, things were upbeat on Subterranean Homesick Blues and Maggie's Farm, but here there's something else. Let's listen to Bobby Gregg and their full effect. Now let's reduce those drums a little. Listen to how the song loses its bite when they aren't given license to let fly. The sweet pretty things I cannot get enough of the sonics of this song. That organ shines once again and we even get a little roll four and a half minutes in. Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food. Which then leads to a showy guitar solo from Mike Bloomfield, which leads us to realise this song really is a Bloomfield showcase. 
Just like the previous track, the pace never really lets up. It's constantly moving forward. In fact, the guitars and piano sound like they've been sped up, like we're in an old Western film and we've just come into the comic sequence. They start to lose a bit of control almost. Let's bring the piano up higher in the mix and listen to just how rapid it is. I love that honky-tonk bright piano sound that's found on a lot of songs on this album. It's back in full effect here, as is the delayed organ sound from Like a Rolling Stone. While the other instruments hit the chorus at the same time, it swoops in just a second later. Its almost spooky sound gives an oddness to the track that is perfectly in keeping with some quite weird lyrics. And whilst the words of the song do reference death, they also continue to mock the establishment as well. We hear about Jack the Ripper being sat at the head of the Chamber of Commerce, alluding to power being in the hands of criminals. Whilst the line, the city fathers are trying to endorse the reincarnation of Paul Riviere's horse, sound like the ruling classes of the land are attempting to whip up some faded national pride from previous glories. The president is also featured here, and Dylan is less than complimentary. We hear him have a bizarre exchange with John the Baptist, one of the many real and fictional characters found on this record's lyrics. Dylan sings, the commander-in-chief answers him whilst chasing a fly, saying death to all those who would whimper and cry, and dropping a barbell he points to the sky, saying the sun's not yellow, it's chicken. Here the president is painted out as an angry knuckle-dragging bonehead who has been pumping iron and is now willing to pick a fight with anyone or anything, even the sun. This is such a killer line and possibly one of Dylan's best from this period. It's funny and it's a great play on words. The sun is the colour yellow, which, as well as being a colour, is obviously also short for someone being yellow-bellied, a coward, or in this case, a chicken. But it's more than just a play on words. It exposes our meat-haired commander-in-chief as someone who is constantly challenging others around him. Even something so significant in our solar system as the sun itself, he's trying to belittle it. It's almost like Dylan could see into the future from 1965. Point being, this is Dylan once again exposing authority, pointing out the stupidity of them. In many ways, these moments on this album are still Dylan in some sort of protest singer mode. He's basically doing the same thing he was doing on those records, challenging the wrongs in the world. But it's done in a different way here. This is almost protest singing 2.0. The atmosphere of this song is chaotic. It's all a bit of a mess, something confirmed in those chorus lines of Mama's in the factory, she ain't got no shoes. Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food. I'm in the kitchen with the Tombstone Blues. This world he sings about is turbulent and it's brought on by Dylan's surrealist lyrics. And that's just another trait of the album, surrealism. The lyrics found on this record remind me of surreal art. I picture Salvador Dali-type paintings when listening to some of these lyrics, particularly the ones on Tombstone Blues. There's a Dali painting called Portrait of a Passionate Woman, or The Hands, as you might know it. This sums up the image in my head. It's a pair of female hands coming out of the ground set against a country landscape. Feel free to Google it when you go five minutes. I'm not one for analysing visual art, but it sums up how I feel about these lyrics. A woman's hands and a country landscape on their own aren't particularly weird, but just like the lyrics on this album, moulded together and distorted, they create this surreal atmosphere. You walk into a room with a pencil in your hand, you see someone naked and you say, who is that man? He sings on Ballad of a Thin Man. Well, you know I need a steam shovel, mama, to keep away the dead is one of the many weird lines of From a Buick 6. But the surrealism goes into overdrive on the album's final song. The usually family-friendly fairy tale characters from many children's stories are twisted into a bad shape on Desolation Row as Dylan sings Cinderella, she seems so easy. 
It takes one to know one, she smiles, and puts her hands in her back pockets, Betty Davis style. And in comes Romeo, he's moaning, you belong to me, I believe. And someone says, you're in the wrong place, my friend, you better leave. And the only sound that's left after the ambulances go is Cinderella sweeping up on Desolation Row. Cinderella, she seems so easy. It takes one to know one, she smiles and puts her hands in her back pocket. Betty Davis style. And in comes Romeo, he's moaning. Someone says you're in the wrong place, my friend You'd better leave And the only sound that's left After the ambulances go Is Cinderella sweeping up on Desolation Road The surrealism does a great job of informing those two major themes I mentioned on the record. It gives Dylan licence to rattle the cages of the establishment like the chicken lines in Tombstone Blues and it helps to bring on a feeling of uneasiness about those lyrics of death like the ones I mentioned in From a Buick Six. The album's least surreal track though is possibly track three. It takes a lot to laugh, it takes a train to cry. Finally, the album's pace lets up a little bit with this track. Here it's more restrained than the previous two songs. It has the album's identity with a full band sound and a recognisable piano, but it's less urgent than the others. Well, I ride on a mill train, babe Can't buy a thrill the piano in this song takes the lead role with Dylan's vocals. It even tries to outdo Bob with that roll down the keys. Don't the sun look good going down over the sea? Don't my look fine when she's coming after me? But he gets his own back and becomes the star of the show once again as he takes his harmonica and punches a hole into the middle of the song with a 42-second solo, which is pretty long. It's a whole sixth of the song. Like Bob has done so many times, we neglect a chorus in favour of an end-of-verse set piece. Here it comes in the form of elongated lines like, well, if I die on top of the hill, and don't the sun look good going down over the sea, and, well, I want to be your lover, baby, I don't want to be your boss. Hill, boss and sea are all dragged out, which then leads us to an instrumental break. This song is only three verses long and falls into a smaller group of songs on the album that lose that madness and surreal quality. In my mind, it's almost fever dream territory time for songs like Tombstone Blues and Ballad of a Thin Man and a title track and Desolation Row, whilst other songs like Like a Rolling Stone or Queen Jane or Tom Thumb's Blues and this track are based slightly more in reality. The lyrics are just in a safer territory compared to other tracks. Here we hear about a character that is riding the rails. Bob sings, Well, I ride the mail train, baby, can't buy a thrill. Well, I've been up all night, leaning on the windowsill. 
It's certainly a travelling song. There's obviously a lot of references to trains. Our character is riding the mail train. The double E is mentioned. It's a locomotive that apparently was one of the largest trains back in the day. It also pops up on China Cat by the Grateful Dead too. We hear about a brake man and there's obviously the title of the song too, all contributing to that. It would appear our protagonist is travelling away from something. But it's not a rush to freedom, it's actually quite lonely. The title points to a fragile disposition and the mail train is an interesting choice for a locomotive too. It's a train where there's minimal life aboard. A quick look at an account from a BNSF railroad employee, which, by the way, for anyone outside the US or the train community, operates the largest freight railroad network in North America. They say the mail train would typically feature only an engineer and a man in the back. So it's a lonely, reflective ride that we're hearing about here. Our narrator describes the moon looking good shining through the trees and the sun going down over the sea which gives us an idea of a long journey from forestry to coast, from day to night. All the time, our narrator is thinking and singing these lines staring out the window. And its tempo reflects that. It's much more paced and reflective than the previous two tracks. It's also a song that continues Dylan's long tradition of borrowing from old blues numbers. He adapts the lines, Don't the clouds look lonesome shining across the sea? Don't my girl look good when she's coming after me? From the song Solid Road. Don't the clouds The The Dylan tune's original title, as I mentioned, was Phantom Engineer, which fits into that description of the mail train from the railroad employee, and also the general feeling that's present in this song. It's a feeling of reinvention, a feeling of change. Our narrator feels like he is a ghost going from one life to another, reinventing himself. Those lines of a former lover coming after him and when Dylan sings, well, I want to be your lover, baby, I don't want to be your boss, appear to suggest he is fond of a former love, but he's not bound to her. He has something else to do. Bob sings, well, if I die on top of the hill and if I don't make it, you know my baby will. Our narrator is looking out of the landscape thinking, if I were to die on this train or before I get to where I want to be, I hope my lover would still continue their life and make something of herself which sounds like he's on a quest. He's getting out of the small town he's from and he's trying to do something new, despite the fact he's left his love behind. Which obviously reflects Dylan's journey, but also reflects this specific period of Dylan's life and career, which was under so much change. The final verse feels like we're hearing about a disconnect with the past brought on by this journey, as Bob sings, Now the winter time is coming. The windows are filled with frost. I want to tell everyone, but I could not get across. Well, I want to be your lover, baby. I don't want to be your boss. Don't ever say I never warned you when your train gets lost. Well, the winter time is coming. The windows are filled with frost. I went to tell everybody, but I could not get across. That line of, I want to tell everybody but I could not get across, feels like it's the most important here. As does the last line, our narrator is unable to reach his past during this reinvention. Obviously Bob was doing something similar too with this album's shift in sound. 
This might be a reflection of that, or more generally his disconnect with his previous life and the world of the rich and famous he's currently entering. As well as these lyrics that are present in this song being on the more conservative side of things in this album, so are the Sonics. The cut that makes the final record's pressing even seems to be one of the most conservative versions of the song that was recorded. Listen to this version when it was still called Phantom Engineer. Compared to this, the album version is much, much more leisurely. And for the first time we hear an acoustic guitar that is being played like it isn't being sawn in half. It's also the first bluesy type song on the album. Of course, it's not a classic blues tune, but there's more than a nod to it. And that happens a couple of times on this album, from a Buick 6, for example, and Just Like Tom Thumb's Blues being the other two tracks. And just like a good blues tune, the start is quite languid. Let's just listen again. The acoustic guitar sets us off and the drums and piano almost fall into place like the members of the band are just picking up after Dylan strolled into the room. It almost sounds like a rehearsal take, especially when it takes the bass a couple of extra bars to come in. After the rock and roll blitz of the first two songs, this is much more common ground for Bob. Whilst the Sonics are much more straightforward than those two tracks, it's still pretty busy. There's that barrel house piano part played by Paul Griffin. In fact, it's double tracked. In the left ear, there's kind of a more showy performance up the top of the piano, even featuring some nice rolls down the keys, which is becoming a common occurrence on this album. And in the right ear, we have a much more straightforward bluesy riff. Here's the left. And here's the right. There's also a meandering bass part played by Harvey Brooks that does a good job of giving the song some motion, which is always important in a travelling song. Michael Bloomfield once again throws in some nice guitar work that lets Dylan's vocals really take flight in key moments. For example, when he sings, I don't want to be your boss. Be your boss. The guitar work here almost becomes the song's riff. This all builds to a harmonica solo, another signature of the travelling song. Interestingly, the last word of the song, Lost, comes at the 2 minutes and 45 second mark, leaving a further 1 minute and 20 seconds of instrumentation, which is mainly taken up by that solo, which, importantly, never ever gets boring. I talked a lot in other episodes of this podcast about songs ending when Dylan's lyrics are finished. Over a minute of a song with no words just wouldn't work on an album like The Times They Are Changing. Here, though, we're moving away from that. It's not about Bob's lyrics anymore. We're moving towards a record that has a more full band sound. This is much more about the Sonics, and that's summed up in the lengthy instrumentation here. Looking over the album now, it becomes apparent that this song is key in the track listing. Another Tombstone Blues, or another Like a Rolling Stone, or even perhaps Positively 4th Street, would have meant the album would have had a breathless start that couldn't possibly be sustained. Instead, though, it's a moment to catch your breath and, crucially, a point of difference on the record too. It's enough of a difference to change the pace, but not enough to interrupt the vibe. In hindsight, it's a good job they picked this over the faster-paced Phantom Engineer cut from elsewhere in the session. And it's those album sessions that we're looking at next time. Some of it was good, man. We'll have to listen.
That is it for this episode. Don't forget to review the podcast, slip in a Dylan reference, a niche Dylan reference, the niche of the better, and also maybe slip in a Dylan lyric if you can. We'll check back and go through some of the best next week. Until then, thanks again for listening and goodbye. <laughs>